Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligible Podcast. I'm Will Stone, he is Chase Caldwell. It is Monday night, SEC Media Day started today. Uh, Jimbo Fisher speaks on Wednesday afternoon on SEC Network. Um, it's getting close guys, uh, like two and a half weeks till fall camp starts, maybe less than that, uh, seven weeks until the season starts. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting up close. Um, and as for some programming notes, uh, we're going to up our content to three episodes a week, uh, starting this week. So, uh, you'll be getting one this week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then going forward, we're going to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and spread them out for you. But um, I figured with it, with it getting so close, there's so many topics that we that, that Chase and I want to get into. Uh, it felt like the right time to uh, add an extra show. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. pumped about it. Yeah, uh, th- this is like Christmas in July for me. Uh, every time SEC Media Days hit, like that's whenever I feel like it's here. College football is yeah. back. Um, right, and then there's this lull that I get about midway through August, where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to watch the games, you know. But when it's like two uh, weeks into fall camp, and you can only take so many like tidbits of like yeah, who's running with the first team. <laughs> you, you watch every video of them stretching, and then yeah. you're like wow, twice we look fantastic because we can stretch. You know, <laughs> this is our year. <laughs> We're gonna kill everybody in the SEC. Yeah, that's right, but. Uh, we're talking SEC East today. Um, it's it, you know it's it's a, it's a division that like we we share a conference with with those guys, but we we don't see them all that often. Uh, we hope that that changes with some uh, potential new scheduling options. Uh, we'll get into that for sure in a later. Yeah, day, I was but. whenever you were saying that just then, I was about to say, oh, there's a topic we need to cover is pod scheduling because I yeah. can really nerd out about that and get really into it because I think it's super. Like it just makes perfect sense, um, but we've been holding off on. I think COVID kind of probably put a little bit of a kink into it too. But uh, well, it definitely makes more sense than the current model. Like oh, very much so. We 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 joined in 2012, and 2019 was the first year we played Georgia, and yeah. and they still never come here. Like we, we played over there. Uh, we haven't gone to Kentucky. I think that's next year, uh, and we haven't gone to actually. It was supposed to be last year, but. Uh, COVID screwed that up. Um, but yeah, we go, uh, we go to Tennessee in like 2024 or something crazy. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, like, like we got, you know, South Carolina every year. So we're pretty familiar with them. Uh, we used to share a conference with Mizzou. So we know a bit about them, but, uh, I guess let's, let's start it off with talking about, um, let's just real quick, Talk about what Vegas has to say about who's going to win the division. Uh, we'll each, you know, give our takes pretty quickly, and then uh, we'll just take it from the top uh, with Georgia and Florida. But 
this is from DraftKings. Uh, they, they're the only side I could find or the quickest side I could find that had division odds. So um, it's it's really similar to the West, uh, which I guess isn't too surprising. But uh, there's a heavy favorite at the top. That's the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, after that, there's a, a, a decent drop-off uh, to Florida, who's picked second. And then there's this this next tier of teams that are all grouped together uh, with Mizzou, Tennessee, and Kentucky all having pretty similar odds. And then uh, a big, big drop to South Carolina and then a huge drop to Vanderbilt. Um, Chase, I'll, I'll let you go first and, uh, and give us your uh, the way you see things shaking out. Yeah, um, so I'll, I'll start from the bottom up. Um, no, I won't. Started from I, I, the bottom. I, 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 I take that back. I'm gonna. So I, I, I was just Vandy. Gonna wait, I was I was just gonna wait to rip that bandaid off. That I'm gonna go with Florida winning the East this year. I think Florida um, is a much better team than what they're made out to be um, at Vegas and, and some of those. I, I've seen a lot of hate on Florida, um, and and like it's not that not that any of that's unfounded. Like there there is some some holes in their roster and things like that. But, um, I do as much as I'm like inclined to not like him. I, I really think Dan Mullen is a, is a good coach, um, in terms of, I think he can win a lot of games. Um, I've always felt that way. Even when he was at, at Mississippi state, uh, whenever he got hired at Florida, I was like, that was a really good hire. Um, it's one that I'm still thinking that they're, they're probably good on, but you know, it's a, it's a good culture fit. I think, you know, they're going to, they're a win at all cost type team, um, when it comes to recruiting, but I don't know. I, Florida really impressed me last year. They were a super good team. Um, they, they lost a bit, but a, a bit of players, I mean, but they just, I, I expect that they're going to come out and, and, and win the East this year. Their big hurdle that they're, they have is that they've got to play Alabama. Um, that's no easy feat for anybody, but, and this is, well, this isn't the SEC, but, uh, Georgia has to play Clemson. So, you know, in terms of just one and one on their schedule, um, you know, they're both going to have to play similarly gigantic teams. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at, just strictly head to head because, um, you know, if Florida loses to Alabama, but they beat Georgia, then they win the head to head. Uh, if they're both a one loss team, you know, they would win that. So, um, I, I expect that Florida is going to be my number one. Uh, I think they're going to win the East this year, uh, with second being Georgia. I, I think the two of them, it's a coin flip for me. And so I really just wanted to push for Florida because, you know, just to add something in, but, um, I've always liked the Gators too, so I, I think I think it's th- that one's going to be a toss up, regardless. In my, opinion. I need to get like a hot take soundbite because <laughs> Florida winning the East is a hot take. Like, and, and like, like at, at the end of the week, you know, the the media and the SEC will cast their their votes on their predictions, and uh, I, I'd be shocked if Georgia wasn't a unanimous pick to win the East. Um, it's all anybody has said, you know, throughout the off season. So. Um, but I, pre- I appreciate the hot takiness. Like, I think we need more of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think it was a hot take, but I, I guess, you know, if, if, uh, everybody else thinks it's a hot take, well, great. Like I'll, I'll die on that hill. 
Um, hey, I, I think you, they're a, a good team. <laughs> you, you, you can get them at plus 400 to win the East on DraftKings. I may do that. This is not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Non-spawn. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think – I think Georgia – like they have, they have crazy talent. They're 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 always going to be a perpetually good team, um, and this year is going to be a really good year for them. Their schedule sets up pretty nicely, uh, but but when I look at the two, um, it just in terms of scheduling, uh, Florida has to, has to play LSU, and Georgia has to play Arkansas. Um, I. I think Arkansas is going to be a harder game uh, for Georgia than LSU will be for Florida. So um, that's kind of – my pick on this one really kind of came from what's their win-loss schedule going to be in, in the SEC. I think they're both going to be a one-loss team, and I think Florida's loss is going to come at the likes of Alabama. Georgia's loss is going to come from Florida. That's my, my thought. Um, but it wouldn't sh- it wouldn't totally surprise me if if Georgia drops that Arkansas game either because I mean on the last episode I, I told you how high I was on Arkansas. Um, Another hot take. You know that that that's a hot take, but I, I'm not going to die on that hill. I think I think Georgia's going to win that game. If you want me to pick the team, yeah. I'm, I'm going Georgia. But um, you know, so I, th- I, I I think those two are a cut above the rest. Uh, I'm interested to hear who you got third. Yeah, so so moving on third. Oh, this is probably gonna be a hot take too. I got Kentucky at third. Um, I just really like Kentucky. For them, it's more of that. Like, I, I like the underdog story, and yeah, I feel like they're always gonna be the underdog. But they've yeah. just really, really impressed me over the past several years. I mean, they 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 they've taken a school that that has always been abysmal at football and and they're they're it's kind of like a north carolina type situation where they're 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 putting together a good team year over year over year and um so i think with there being a lot of up in the air when it comes to the east kentucky has that um consistency that i think will really help them this year um, yeah. that's why i put them at third um Fourth, I'm a big fan of Kentucky. By the way, I've, I've yeah. definitely got them up there in my in my prediction. I've got Tennessee at fourth. Um, Tennessee, I'm sure will will put together a decent team, but um, they've just lost so much, and they've they've had just it just seems like a like a exodus from their program over the past couple of years, and. Um, I don't know. They've got a lot to figure out. It seems. Um, I think I still put them above some of the other teams, um, but that's just me. Uh, and then the next one's probably a hot take too. I don't know. Uh, I've got South Carolina next. Um, I think I think they'll ride this wave of, of new coach and and um, put better put together a decent season. Uh, you know, decent being fifth in the East. That's not. Oh, that great! But I think it's. But it, I, I don't think that their floor is last in the East. I, I just don't see them being that bad. Um, I just think they'll they'll be they'll be lower in the pack. Um, then of course I have Mizzou. Mizzou. Um, this one's the one I'm least confident in on my pick. Um, I honestly don't know very much about Mizzou's team. 
uh, I know you've watched a lot of film on Mizzou, so um, knowing where you're, you, you've talked about putting Mizzou, I'm, I'm like, eh, yeah, I may be way wrong on this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I just, I really haven't done a whole lot of research on Mizzou. They're, yeah. they're honestly like the easiest team to forget about in the SEC, I think. I mean, I yeah. remember Vanderbilt before I remember them. Like, if I'm trying to name the 14 teams, I always will be like, you know, they'll, they'll be like 13 or 14 that I name. Like, I, I'm like, who have I missed? You know, <laughs> like, and, and then Mizzou will come up. Uh, but, but I don't know. Um, them having a new coach and, and, um, all that. A lot of, I've, I've read a lot of really good things about their coach. Um, but, like I said, I honestly just don't know really a whole lot about them, so yeah. it's easy to just throw them down at the bottom. Um, and then last, of course, you got Vanderbilt, the YMCA of the SEC. Um, they're, <laughs> they're just – they just – I mean, their their program, the way it's put together, they're just they're, – they're not, they're not trying to win football. Uh, yeah. that's, not an, that's not a priority to them. Super nice people in their, in their football program. Um, like when we would go play there, like the the people that worked for the team, worked on the field, you know, they were always just incredible people. Bless their hearts. Yeah, bless their hearts. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll go then. Uh, okay. I feel like I feel like whenever we did our West ones, whenever we talked about it, I thought we were disagreeing a lot, and then we looked at them on paper and we're like, oh, we have the exact same order. You just have Arkansas two spots higher, but everything else right, was the exactly. same. <laughs> so this one's this one's a lot different. Um, so I've got Georgia number one. Uh, I feel like they have a they have a better quarterback than they than they've had. I've got a lot of a lot of a lot of things to say about their quarterback here in a bit, but <laughs> um, and they lost a lot to the draft, but they just recruit so much talent that. Like their defense is always going to be good. It just mm-hmm. it's just the way it is. Like there's just too many athletes on that on that side of the ball. Uh, Kirby's a defensive minded guy. Uh, their uh, defensive their defensive coordinator is uh, uh, Dan Lanning, who's a pretty pretty bright mind in college football. But um, I think it's their year to to make a run. Uh, I don't think it's their year to make the the championship run. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I mean, they they could do it. They have the talent. But I, when when I watched some of their games from last year, I just don't quite see that that killer mentality. But um, we'll get to that here in a bit. Uh, I've got Florida second. Um, I, I I was actually pretty down on Florida uh, at the end of last year, and I think it was because of the bowl game, their the the game they played against Oklahoma, where they like they had like ten guys opt out and. Uh, trash through like two or three picks, and they 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 didn't show up. It looked it looked horrible, and Oklahoma beat yeah. their ass. Um, I think I took that as like a indictment of what this year's team would be, and that's not fair. Like uh, they do still have talent. They've you know brought in some decent transfers. Uh, I think I think I mentioned this in our Q and A pod, but um, they go from from Kyle Trash to. Uh, Emory Jones, who is a better fit for what Mullen wants to do, like mm-hmm. he's always liked the the dual threat guy more than the immobile 
drop back passer kind of guy. Like I think even though he's lost, you know, Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, I think they're still going to put together a good offense. I'd, I'd be shocked if they had a bad offense. Like it's it's just what Mullen does. Um, yeah. And then defense, they had a rough year on defense. Uh, I, I would expect them to uh, improve quite a bit. Um, but after Florida, I've, I've got Mizzou third. And, you know, at first I, I was kind of struggling with them in Kentucky because I, I like them both. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that the the odds have Tennessee with the exact same odds as Kentucky. I I don't really get that. I think Tennessee is uh, should be a little bit further down. But um, I did pick Mizzou third. Uh, it's really about their quarterback. Um, he was a true freshman last year and put together a really, really solid season. Uh, I watched some of their uh, their games earlier, like earlier today, uh, like the condensed ones on YouTube, and he's impressive. And like they've got some nice weapons, and um, the defense was okay, wasn't great. Um, but I think if you have a quarterback, uh, sorry, I, I, I'm I'm so bad about this. I never mentioned the player's name that I'm talking about, but uh, the quarterback at Mizzou is uh, Connor Bazelak, and um, he's He's just super accurate, and uh, I feel like if you have a, a, a quarterback like him in this league, especially in the East, like it's going to get you a long ways. Like every other team that we're going to talk about may have a bad quarterback, <laughs> like, you know, like not just an average one, like a bad one. So I think them having a good one sets them up really well, um, and they're on a schedule, which is also very interesting. Um, but yeah, after them, I did, I did put Kentucky, uh, I'm a big fan of them. Like they've, uh, they've, they really impressed the hell out of me when they, you know, came into Kyle field and took us to overtime. And like, I think they, they played for a, uh, a new year six ball that year and beat Penn state in the Fiesta bowl. Um, yeah. but they're just a, they're just a physical, like it, it's kind of like a, like a throwback sec team, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they're trying to you know, at least incorporate the passing attack somewhat <laughs> because they they have not had a quarterback the past couple of years. Uh, they switched uh, offensive coordinators in the offseason, and, uh, you know, hopefully that'll, you know, give them some more, uh, help them be more dynamic on offense. But they got a good running back. Um, they're really good in the trenches. Uh, they've been putting a lot of uh, offensive linemen in the NFL. They have, they have one coming up next year who's, uh, a really big prospect, a uh, kid named uh, Darian Kennard. Um, really good running back, too. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is maybe the most underrated back in the league. Doesn't get a lot of love, but uh, fantastic college running back. And then defense, I feel like they always have really good secondaries. Maybe that's because Tennessee threw like four pick sixes against them last year. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I remember I was watching that game uh, on the big TV and I had another game on my laptop. And every time I would look up and look at that one, it was a pick six and then a pick six. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I did put Tennessee fifth just because, like, I think Tennessee may be the craziest program to follow from their debacle of a coaching search a few years ago to what's gone on with them and, you know, firing their coach this go-around. Uh, the transfer portal stuff, like, all their players left and they brought in, like, 15 other guys and uh, it just seems like it's very 
chaotic. <laughs> so I'm definitely not going to put any money into Tennessee doing anything. <laughs> at, at least, you know, like, like, like they could be good, you know, like whatever that means. But um, like they, they hired the coach from UCF, uh, Josh Heupel. So uh, they're probably going to score some points and be a, you know, a fun team that they could, they, they could be this year's version of Ole Miss last year. I'm not predicting that, but that's totally possible. Um, they brought in two transfer quarterbacks from other programs, uh, Joe Milton from Michigan and Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech. So who knows? Uh, Tennessee is just a, a a mess right now. You could tell me they'll go eight and four. I'd be like, yeah, that's that's probably fine. Or you could say they'd go three and nine. I'd be like, yeah, well, that's totally possible. So um, interesting storyline to watch, though, this fall. Uh, and then really quickly, uh, South Carolina – uh, I've got them next. I just I don't buy much of what they're doing. Uh, they fired Muschamp. That was the right thing to do, but uh, they hired a guy who's never been a coordinator on either side. He was just the tight ends coach at Oklahoma, and I'm not really sure what they were doing there. He may be great. I have no idea. But um, if if I were them, I would have hired the coach from Coastal after the year they just had. And that guy's been in South Carolina for his entire life. So that made sense to me, but I'm not an athletic director uh, for many reasons. So that's not my decision to make, but, and then Vanderbilt last, uh, they're not, you know, committed to football like the rest of the league is. Uh, It's gotta be a miracle that James Franklin won nine games there. He won nine games there in back-to-back seasons. Like that is mind blowing that that's a thing that happened <laughs> in, <laughs> in recent memory. <laughs> um, but I, I do like their coach. They hired uh, Clark Lee from he, he was the DC at Notre Dame. Uh, uh-huh. He he replaced Elko whenever Elko so came to A and M. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so. They also hired uh, Barton Simmons from Two Four Seven Sports to be their uh, their player personnel guy. So wait, they did. Yeah, that's, yeah, they that's did. A, that's a interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so good um, for him. Yeah, right. I, I'm not sure if they'll ever be like I, I, I bet that, that they'll never be you know winning eight nine games every year. But um, if they're back in a bowl game in two or three seasons, that, that'd be good. I think I think that's a achievable goal for them. I think they should strive for that, and that's that's possible. But but this year, no, I I. I haven't seen their over under for the season. Um, it's probably like one and a half or two and a half. So uh, probably a rough year while they, you know, change the culture and bring in their own guys and things of that sort. But yeah. So uh, a lot of the things you said, there are a lot of the reasons why I put teams where I put them. Um, so even though we disagreed a lot in terms of where we put, teams um it sounded like you made a lot of points that um were kind of my deciding factor on some of those (laughs) um because like like for instance you you were talking about kentucky as like like an old school sec uh power and and i think stoops has has really put that together i think he oh yeah he has um i think he's a great fit for that program like he he i could see him being there for a long time because um he just has that 
he seems like he has an old school mentality. If you ever watch any of his interviews on like SEC Network or anything like that, he yeah. always is talking about like yeah, I was raised by coal miners and this is where coal miners were raised, you know. And um, I can I can connect with these kids and stuff. And I mean, I wasn't raised a coal miner's daughter, but uh, you know, like <laughs> it, it, whatever, you know. But it, it, that's what that's the kind of you know he he just seems like he's kind of like that very old school mentality. And I think that old school toughness that he's brought to, to Kentucky uh, will really help this year. And that's when I said that, you know, that consistency that they have is what's going to set them apart because there's a lot of inconsistency throughout the rest of the division um, yeah. that, that to me, consistency is really important. Um, yeah. And that's why I had a, a Mizzou so far down was because they're, they're part of that, you know, inconsistency. Um, I put Tennessee up there um, because there's a lot of question marks there. You know, you you were talking about how um, you know Tennessee has has like you know they had all these these players leave. I mentioned that you know they had like a mass exodus, um, and and there's just so much wondering like what's going on. Whether they're going to perform, they're going to be a complete and total surprise. Yeah, you compared them to old Miss of last year. Um, that's exactly how I see them, and that's why I think that they'll they'll just come out and surprise a few teams, um, just because they're. I don't know when you see a team like them go in with nothing but question marks into the season. There's not question marks inside of the locker room, you know. Like their their team is putting together, you know, a team. Every team across the nation, they're 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 coming together, you know, as a team. Um, but it's easy for um, some of these teams to listen to that rat poison that that Nick Saban would talk about about <laughs> you know the from the media and yeah. talk about well Tennessee's just going to be terrible. Tennessee's going to be you know horrible, horrible, yada yada. And and then teams will underestimate them. And I, I think kind of the same about South Carolina. Um, South Carolina's for me it was just like a. I just put them there because uh, there's a lot of unknowns, so I'm just kind of going out on a limb with them. Um, but the biggest point that you made that I 100% agree with is on Florida. You talked about how their bowl game just set you the wrong way, and how you know they just they just did not perform well, and it, it just it they just kind of poo pooed there at the end of the season, um, and they did. And so I think a lot of the reason why people are so low on Florida is recency bias. I think I think a lot of people are looking at that bowl game, looking at the last, you know, two weeks of the season or whatever, and they're they're like, oh yeah, Florida, they're back to not being a great team. Um, and I, I think that that's a false perception um, because I think they did maintain some of the some of the players that were were contributors and maybe not key contributors but they they retain some of that but then and when you look at some of the transfers they brought in they're they're really really good um and then past that they've got uh john kitna's son on there and john kitna uh coached at waxahachie for a few years so i gotta you know gotta go for him there so <laughs> um i i don't know i mean i i i think um we do have a lot of differences here uh but like i, I think maybe we should should Obviously, the two that people are probably most interested in are going to be Florida and Georgia. Um, so, since you picked Georgia first, break that apart for us a little bit and kind of explain um, 
some of the things that you really, really like about Georgia, maybe to a higher degree than you did earlier. Um, and, and tell me, tell me what you're seeing of Georgia that, that you like the most. Yeah. So, um, I've been watching some Georgia games from last year here lately, and I have thoughts on, <laughs> on the Bulldogs. Um, before I, before I watched their game. So, so like, first of all, the only games I watched of theirs last year were their two losses where they lost to Alabama and where they lost to Florida. And that was before they had, like, like they've started to walk on quarterback in those games, you know, and then the last four games of the year, they started JT Daniels, a five-star transfer from USC. And, you know, everything was okay after that. So, so, so people would have you believe, um, so listen, I, I think that Georgia is one of those teams that belongs in that playoff conversation this year. Mm-hmm. But I I feel a lot – I just don't feel as good about him after watching JT Daniels play. Um, he just doesn't seem to me to have that kind of like – that stud quarterback mentality like a – like a Trevor or a Justin Fields or Tua or Joe Burrow or any of those guys. Um, he's also he's also not very mobile. Uh, he had negative rushing yards in every one of his games. Uh, I'm pretty sure every rushing attempt was just him being sacked, not a real uh, rushing attempt. Um, and there's some of those plays where, like, he's, like, getting his head taken off. <laughs> and um, it, it, But he is talented. Like, the, the arm talent is apparent when you watch him. Um, and like he, I don't know. I feel like there's so many instances last year where he just threw the ball up to George Pickens, who's a freak athlete and Pickens would just make a a crazy play on it and make a circus catch and come down with it. And then, you know, run 40 yards for a touchdown. Well, Pickens tore his ACL in the spring, so he's not going to play this year. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's news to me actually. Yeah. and, And they've got other guys, uh, they they got have a have a a receiver named Jermaine Burton, uh, who's really really good. Um, he he went off in the Mississippi State game. He had like almost two hundred yards receiving. Um, he's a nice player. Kiaris Jackson is a nice player. They brought in uh, Arik Gilbert from LSU. Uh, if you remember him, he mm-hmm. uh, was like the number one tight end in the country and went to LSU and then uh, opted out after the a game, I think, and then tried to go to Florida and didn't have the grades and then magically got the grades to go to Georgia somehow. Um, so he's he's a tight end, quote-unquote, but they're going to play him at receiver, so we'll see how that goes. Um, they do have a tight end who was the number two tight end in that class with a Reed Gilbert named Darnell Washington. He's a big dude, uh, 6'7", 280 pounds, big, big guy, uh, big target. Um, and they have great backs. Like we talked about AM having the best backfield in the country. Georgia probably has the second best or tied with AM. Like they have uh, Zamir White, who was a five star back coming out. They have uh, James Cook, younger brother of Dalvin, who's a star in the NFL right now. Um, and the, the one who, thing, who, though. Who coached Dalvin Cook in, in college? Uh, Jimbo Fisher, I believe. I'm just curious. <laughs> Um, I think that's what stood out about me is their offensive line wasn't great at pass protection and maybe it's because like 
like on some of these clips, they don't show the whole thing. Like it's just like really condensed, you know, like really quick cut ups. And uh, like maybe JT was just holding on to the ball too long and couldn't get away and got sacked. But man, and, and that Mizzou game, like they were blitzing like every play and just hitting him in the mouth every play. And he was not getting rid of it quick enough. So, and then on defense, like they lost some guys, but it's Georgia. Like they're going to have a good defense. They're going to have these huge freaky defensive linemen. And they brought in the two top transfers, uh, the the two top defensive back transfers in the country. So they, they, uh, they got Darian Kendrick from Clemson who probably could have gone to the draft this year. And then a kid from West Virginia who was an all American. So defense will be, be fine most likely, but when it comes to like, I'm, I'm super interested to see them play Clemson in game one. That's going to, I mean, it's the best game of the week for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, but um, I'm going to be locked and loaded into that and, you know, see how they do against the Clemson Tigers. Well, and, and so here's, here's what I want to make very, very apparent um, from my picks. I think Georgia is a fantastic team. I do think that they're a championship caliber team and honestly, I, I wouldn't – and we'll wait till we get a little bit closer to the season and I start really digging into the teams a little bit more. But, um, you know, that that uh, Clemson game, I, I could very well see them coming out and winning that game. You know, like I, I think they're – I think they're talented enough that they they could compete, you know. Um, when I'm looking at their, their um, team, you know, you mentioned their running backs. Running – their running back room is, is incredible – um, you, you mentioned the two juniors, but, um, they, they just picked up Kendall Milton. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was, he was a really, he's a stud running back. I don't know that he'll play this year. I don't know how, you, you know, I mean, I, I don't follow them close enough to know, you know, what their depth chart looks like, but, um, uh, you know, just knowing that they've got some, some really good guys in, in the wings or, 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 you know, waiting to play, I, I, I could, they've got a really deep running back room, you know, and, and, um, that's their MO they're, they're, they're a run heavy team. Um, and, and it does well for them. Um, they they keep, they keep the sec East tough, you know, they, they keep, they, they're the sec team for sure of, of the East, in my opinion. Um, and, and they're running, uh, they're wide receivers. I'm sorry. Um, They've you talked about Gilbert. I think he was a stud. I wanted him so bad. Um, I the I would have question marks though with with education. You know, um, some people try to act like that doesn't matter. But whenever you're playing in the the toughest league of college football, um, you you got to know. You got to have that the the intellect to keep up with the other guys that that are out there because um, you know as much as I love football, these guys that are out there playing in the SEC and in the NFL and, and you know all all across the nation, they're they know so much more to me that would would just kind of blow my mind. Like I, yeah. I I would be watching and, and there's 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 components to football that that I don't know that I'll ever know because. Uh, you know, I, I love to watch it. I love to dig into it and like listen to the guys that really do know. And um, whenever I'm watching them, I'm like, whoa, like I, I didn't realize that there was that much that went into it. But, oh, that makes so much sense, you know. Yeah. Um, of course, of 
course, George Pickens, I, I think he's he's a, a fantastic um, receiver. And so, yeah, so they have some uh, really good threats there. Yeah, when I was watching those those games from last year and seeing George Pickens uh, mm-hmm. just kind of tear it up every single game, uh, that's the kind of player I think Demas can be. Just like I, I, that's the player I hope he'll be. <laughs> just, just just throw it up like I'm going to come down with it, and then I'm going to run and take it to the house. You know, no one's going to yeah. catch me. Like right. that's what Pickens was doing, and it it sucks that they lost him. Like if they if they still had him. I'd yeah. I'd feel a heck of a lot better about about picking them to win the East and maybe win the whole thing, you know. But yeah, um, that that's a tough tough player to lose. Yeah, um, no doubt about it. I mean, he's that's what I was trying to say. He's he's so good. And that that would have been what really is is what I'm saying is oh, you know I, that that would I I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of taking a, a back on what to say. <laughs> about it because they they still have talent at that position. They do. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but like I mean, or well, they had some freshmen light up the spring game. So who knows? Like they may have like the next big thing that burst onto the yeah, scene this fall. They very well. They very well could. You touched on Darnell Washington. I, I think he was a stud. Um, he may be better than than Gilbert, um, but I, I I'm curious to see Gilbert play a different position outside of tight end. But um, I don't know. Um, but uh, the, their uh, our offensive and def- defensive line—that's uh, that's what really gives me pause about putting them second because they really have two um, good lines. You touched on their their pass pro being, uh, you know, suspect, but but their run blocking, generally speaking, is good, and they've they've got a a, a lot of a lot of guys on the offensive line that I, I think um, you know could really get them some good yardage whenever you pair with the running backs that we already touched on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just, just like, uh, Cedric Van Pran, uh, he, he's a, a good, uh, offensive lineman. Uh, let's see who else they got. I think the big name is, uh, Jamari Sawyer. Uh, I've heard, I've heard the recruiting guys talk about him. They think he's like the best, the best guard prospect they've ever scouted. Is that right? Yeah. Well, um, I, that's, I'm I'm not familiar with him. Um, and they also I, signed like the. I know everybody on their line, but yeah. some of these names that I, that that they have on there, guys that jump out at me, is like, oh yeah, he's Amarius Mims. Um, yeah, you know, it. They're they're guys that I see their, I see I can I'm looking at their scholarship distribution at the moment, like as I'm as I'm talking. Yeah. And you know, whenever I can see their last name and and just a letter you know, for their first name and I already know how to say their first name. That that means that they they impressed me enough once upon a time, whether it was during recruiting or like, you know, while I'm watching the games that, that they just have so many guys that jump out to me. But their their DBs are are, are those guys too. Um like uh Ringo and Kimber, like both yeah. of those guys were were are are studs. I mean they're 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 so there's I don't know. Defense looks pretty salty for them. Well, and like, and, and I, DB was supposed to be their weakness because they lost some guys to the draft, but then they go and get the two best defensive back transfers you could possibly land. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and so I, I, I don't know. Just just looking at their overall roster, uh, they're they've got they've got depth all throughout. Oh yeah, um, and, and they they put together a good team. I've always been a big fan of JT Daniels, um, but. But I don't know. I mean, 
He's good. I shouldn't. I, I, I don't want to sound too hard on him because he is talented and he makes some really spectacular throws. But sure, yeah. I think I think yeah, when it, you just want you need to have something to make them. You know, like like you got to have some critiques too on, on yeah. top of it. And, yeah. and I could see, I could definitely see that. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's a good fit for Georgia. I guess is what I'm going to say is, yeah. is that um, Georgia has that that Alabama. Um, Georgia today is kind of like Alabama was, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago. Uh, Pre-Lane Kiffin. Yeah, where you didn't need a stud quarterback to, to you know, be yeah. the best thing ever, and you didn't need a dual-threat quarterback or anything like that. But then Bama went and got him anyway. and Yeah, yeah, you just you just needed a, a game <laughs> manager, and, and I think that's what Georgia has in JT Daniels. I think he's a good game manager. Um, but you know we've seen what game managers look like with uh, watching Kellen Mond, you know, and yeah. and there's some some things there that good things and bad things, you know, good things in in terms of uh, it, it's like you take the high points out, but you take the low points out too. So so you're kind of just like steady, you know. And yeah. steady is good in in some cases. Other cases, you know, depending on what your schedule looks like you're going to need some of those highs. Yeah. And so I'm going to segue that into what I was going to say about Florida is I think Florida is going to have more of those, those highs, you know, they're going to have those, those ebbs and flows to their season. Uh, but their season sets up in such a way that it's okay to do that a little bit, you know, um, like uh, before I moved too too far on from Georgia, you got a big game right there. Very first game against Clemson. I could very well see Georgia coming out beating Clemson. And then then you have UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky. I think the two hardest games out of that that listing there is is Arkansas and Kentucky. Hey, I've, 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 I've got a question. Okay. If they beat Clemson, uh-huh. do they jump to number one? I think they'd have to. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to. They're they're the only one that had proven anything at that point in the season across all of college football. So after you start naming those, those games that follow, those teams are all pretty bad. So if Georgia wins, like they may spend ten weeks at number one. That's okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So so you you take a a team they they come out the gate they beat Clemson. Okay. If you come out and you beat Clemson and you then you play some pretty terrible teams where your hardest opponent is likely Arkansas and maybe Auburn. Um, I, I would say Arkansas and Kentucky would be my choice, but I, I don't know everything either. Um, but you're, you would have to choose between Arkansas, Auburn and Kentucky as being your hardest competition from the day that you beat Clemson on September 4th to when you go to play Florida October 30th. So you spend two whole months at number one in the country, like you were, you were alluding to, because yeah. I, I do think that they would have to be. And, and, and then you get a bye week and you go into Florida. That's going to be, you're going to have, you're going to have to fight off that rat poison that we talked about earlier because <laughs> they're, they're, you know, Leach would be in there talking about their fat little girlfriends and their fat little girlfriends <laughs> calling them, telling them the, the best thing ever. And that's what happens when you're number one, you know, and, uh, 
it it it'll be that's what that's what I'm earmarking towards Georgia as being like hmm that that seems like it could be a, a recipe for disaster because then you look at Florida here's how Florida's schedule compares to that you come out against Florida Atlantic you know that that's a that's a rivalry game if I've ever seen one Florida and Florida Atlantic and and then they 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 second that with another rivalry game against USF you know right after that. Um, so they get their little warm up games and then bam, Alabama. You know, like <laughs> I don't expect that Florida is going to come out and beat Alabama like I expect that Georgia could come out and beat Clemson. So I would expect that Florida loses to Alabama and then now they have something to prove the rest of their season. Well, then that that's followed then by Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, LSU, who I think is going to have a terrible year, then a bye week, then Georgia. So if you're Florida and you – in my scenario, and granted I understand this is a really like um, in-depth scenario. You know, I'm talking like eight weeks of football all at it's one like time. It's like ten hypotheticals in there. Right, right. <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of what-ifs here. But this – I'm walking you through my thought process here uh, because my thought process is you got Georgia who thinks they're, they're you know, hot <laughs> that they beat – Clemson and they're the number one team in the nation and they're just going to ride it through the rest of their season. Um, and then you got Florida who's got something to prove and only has one other ballpark game on their schedule. And that being Georgia, you got Florida coming in trying to prove themselves against a team that's trying to stay there. Uh, that can be a recipe to, for disaster. That's why I love college football and I love watching, you know, like how it all plays out. Uh, the the kind of what if scenarios like that's what I like more than anything else because yeah. um, in the event that Florida beats Georgia, then they finish the year. South Carolina, S- Samford, um, you know the the home of the fighting Jimbo Fishers. That's right. Uh, Missouri and, and any other home Florida's of the fighting Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> yeah, and then they and they end the name on the fighting fighting Jimbo Fisher. So so I just think you know I think Florida's biggest hurdle is Georgia for this year. Because I don't think that they're going. I think they're going to trip over the hurdle with Alabama. Like there's no sense in even. It's just it's just a loss. Yeah, they're going to lose that one. You know, um, Georgia's biggest hurdle is Clemson, and so you're you're talking about is is Georgia the better team? Whenever you look at all the fundamentals and just across the team, I would say yes. Um, Florida is a little bit lesser of a team in my opinion, uh, but the, their schedule sets up better to where they've got to prove themselves the rest of their season where Georgia has to stay there. And it's a lot harder to stay there than it is to prove yourself, especially whenever you're you're a, a team that, um, you know, it's one thing if you just won the national championship and then you got to stay there all year, that's hard enough. But at least you, you know, you have that like drive to we got to do it again. You know, if you start the year number one and you didn't even make the playoff last year, then you're like, okay, well, you're 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 gonna start celebrating before the finish line. You're more likely to, I guess I should say. Oh, and Georgia fans um, are gonna be on pins and needles all year. Yeah, and so so when you look at that and you look at a matchup of a team, a one loss team that's trying to prove themselves, and a a um undefeated team that's trying to stay there okay and then you look at a high-flying you know air raid type 
you know, like, like hurry up, no huddle, you know, very good skill players on the edge, that, that kind of team versus a, um, middle of the road we're we're gonna we're gonna keep it easy get rid, rid of the peaks and valleys team um traditionally in college football you want to be on the side of the team that's going to come in you know we're look at it like texas a&m versus alabama 2012 right like Alabama's that that team that's they're consistent they're good every week a&m's that team that's like you know we're gonna we're gonna shock you you know so I think Florida's under – I think any Dan Mullen coach team is always going to be that. Like Dan Mullen, in my opinion, is the the Jimbo – or I mean not Jimbo Fisher, who uh, – the Kevin Sumlin and the, uh, you know, Mario Cristobal and, and um, I'm trying to think of some more, you know, like uh, coaches like that. Dan Mullen's the one, the the best one of those, the one that, that can actually take that and make it into a really solid team. Right. Um, and, and so that's, that's why I have them there is that I'm thinking, I expect if you want my actual prediction, my prediction is Georgia is either a one or two loss team. So I think they're going to lose to Florida. I think they win out the rest with Clemson being, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't guess on the first, first game of the season. If if they beat Clemson, I think there's a lot more likelihood they lose to Florida. If they lose to Clemson, I might concede that they win the East this year. Um, hey, uh, real quick, I'll give my first piece of uh, gambling advice on the pod. Um, okay, and this is like this is like the easiest bet you'll ever make. Um, whenever so, so after Georgia and Clemson finishes, whoever loses that game, the next day, go bet on the loser of that game to win the championship. Because that game doesn't matter when it comes to getting to the championship. Yeah. <laughs> if if, the, if whoever loses that game can win out and still make the playoff, so their odds are going to tank. If they lose that game, go put some money on them because you're going to get well, some great odds. Well, the biggest thing is, you know, if you lose to Clemson, you still make the playoffs. Oh yeah. I mean that's and if Clemson loses, they go twelve and one in their crappy conference and no, I'm I'm just saying any 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 team any team that loses to Clemson but wins the rest of their games, they make the playoff. Yeah, well, we know Notre Dame does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not salty. Um, no, so that's my thought process. Obviously, it's super in depth, and it's not really like fundamentally yeah. college football, but it's it's just that's the part of college football, the element of it that you're not going to hear, you know, Tim Tebow and and you know whoever else, Greg McElroy talking about on on TV. Like it's it's the fun element to it. It's the element of these are semi amateurs. You know that uh, there's there's some guys out there on the field that are going to be, you know. Um, MVPs at a Super Bowl one day, and there's some guys on the field that are going to be a CPA, you know, and and they're they're on the same field together, and and so there's some of that that like there there's that element of the unknown, and and that's why um, whether people think it or not, mo or or that that um, oh what's the word I was going to say motivation motivation is the wrong word the the uh, uh, momentum momentum so, so yeah like, I, well, like I, yeah like when when you I was, have I was just gonna that, say that. that 
Yeah, when you have the <laughs> momentum, then it comes about where you're like, you're going and, and uh, sorry, I threw myself off by forgetting the word momentum. Um, it's it's late. I'm tired. It's a very big uh, word in sports, but, too. Yeah, it's a, that's a SAT <laughs> word if I ever, ever seen one. But uh, yeah, the, the momentum of college football, like that's what you really like see like whenever you can get that 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 momentum going um college football relies on that a lot more because you do still have some amateur guys out there that just really aren't aren't you know 100 percent bought into football and um it can get in their heads you know so because at the end of the day some of them are still kids i mean most of them are still kids but you're 18 19 years old and you're out there playing on a national stage um you can let your emotions get the best of you real easy and um that that's my favorite part about college football that that it's you can't really measure it but yeah. you know it's, it's definitely there um and and that's what that's what excites me whenever I look at schedules I, I mean you and I have done pick 'em long enough together to know that or for you to know that I'm trash at pick 'em um so so <laughs> I'm probably these are probably going to be all wrong so if you're betting on like based on somebody else's opinion, don't base it on mine uh, because I do it every year and I always lose. Uh, and will you always like compile all of our, all of our choices. So like you, you've seen that firsthand more than anybody else. Whenever you're like, Oh, Chase is bottom of the list again. You know? That one year you started off really strong though. Oh, I do every year. <laughs> uh, I, I, but you know what? I don't care because I don't, I don't put my value as a human being in how well I can pick college football games. I put my value in as a human being in how many college football fantasy games I win in the season because that's where, you know, I'm untouchable. I need to get that set up. Um, yeah, we did need to get that set up. But, uh, so, yeah, so anyways. After we spent 25 minutes talking about Georgia and Florida both being 11-1, and one, they're probably going to go 8-4 <laughs> and four this year. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. And, sure. and George is going to get rolled by Clemson week one now. Just watch. <laughs> yeah. Like all that's a moot point if Georgia loses to Clemson. Yeah. Like all, all that, that like 10 minutes of your life that you just wasted listening to me rant about this like mysticism that I've created in my own brain. Um, that that's, that's all by the wayside of Clemson comes and just stomps Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, it's not there anymore. Uh, the, but if they stomp Georgia for that matter, I mean, you know. Florida's still probably going to win, so <laughs> yeah, then you'll be right. <laughs> so yeah, um, let, let's let's talk about the uh, the second tier of of the East um, here. So, so so Vandy and South Carolina. Let's just I think we can just call those we can call those done, right? Like it's new coaches. Uh, I mean, Vanderbilt's going to be last in the conference. That's, that's going to happen. Um, yeah, we, we, we can call those done because even though I put um, South Carolina over Mizzou, I really just did that as to um, as kind of just a um, just just an outlier. Like I, I think they're an outlier. Like their their stats. I, I like to throw just a just one team in there that's going to outperform what they look like on paper um, because. You know, anytime you do a bowl pick them or stuff like that, you always see there's always teams that, yeah. that are just a complete and total outlier. So yeah. they're my outlier for the year in the entire SEC is I think that they'll they'll perform better than what they look like on paper. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's break apart Mizzou, Tennessee, and Kentucky because 
that's that's the meat of the SEC East, and um, you know maybe white meat. You know, it's 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 it may not be a, a really nice brisket, but yeah, it's still the meat of meat of the division. They're still pretty decent teams. Well, yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll go to bet for Mizzou here real quick. Um, this is a good football team. Uh, like I said earlier, they have a really good quarterback in Connor Basilak. Uh, they have a couple of really nice receivers. Um, uh, Kiki Chisholm is one of them. Uh, really tall, uh, stretch the field outside receiver. Uh, they have a, a kid named Tyler Beatty, who's kind of like their Anaya Smith. Plays a lot of running back and uh, some slot receiver. Kind of rotates back and forth. Um, I guess one of the most maybe underrated transfers. Maybe it was because it occurred last season or something. I, I, I'm not sure why no one's talking about it. Like he's not on like the top list of transfers, I, I don't think. But uh, there's a kid named Mookie Cooper that uh, signed with Ohio State in 2020. Uh, really, really talented kid. Um, kind of that uh, shifty slot guy, uh, but still like really fast. Uh, top 100 player out of uh, St. Louis and um, signed with Ohio State in that year they had like four or five star receivers and uh, two of which have already transferred. One, there's one that went to Alabama and then Mookie, who is now transferred to Mizzou. Um, he could be a, a a big, big game changer for that offense and just add another another dimension and uh, another guy to, uh, have to have to defend because – uh, they, they've already got some pretty good ones, and they got a pretty good trigger man. Um, they did lose some guys to the draft on defense, uh, but they, I think, most impressive is what they they brought in a couple of transfers. Um, one from Rice, uh, linebacker Blaze Aldridge. Uh, he's another one of those guys that, I'll, like all the draft guys I follow, are all really high on him. Uh, so he should kind of share up the middle of that defense, and then. Uh, the biggest, the biggest one they got out of all these I'm talking about is um, a cornerback from Tulsa. Who that probably sounds like it's not a big deal, but Tulsa had one of the best defenses in the country last year. And um, this cornerback, his name is uh, A. Caleb Evans, not Caleb. It's A. Caleb Evans. Um, like everyone in the country was trying to get him to transfer there. Like Notre Dame wanted him. Um, I think Texas was, was looking at him, and like a bunch of other big programs. And uh, he picked Mizzou. So um, Mizzou's got some talent on that team. Uh, it's not on the level of a Georgia or Florida, but um, they have a pretty good offensive system and a good quarterback. So that goes a long way in the college game. Well, um, I had no idea that Mookie Cooper went there. Yeah. Uh, so when you were talking about um, you don't know why it's a bigger deal while people haven't talked about it, uh, I'm the – I'm um, the evidence of that that they aren't talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm I'm evidence of that because <laughs> uh, that that that's a big shocker. He is he he is a, an incredible player. Well, and like I almost forgot about it until right before we hit record, I was like, oh yeah, and Mookie Cooper transferred there. Like I saw it on his uh, on the two four seven page, but yeah, yeah that's, it's it, that's it's a big deal. Huge. That's a huge. Now I'm mad that I put them at the very bottom just because I mean they <laughs> they could. They could use him like Purdue used uh, what's his name and and just just yeah Rondell Moore every, literally every single play yeah no, uh, he's, he's that good of a player that's a great comparison he, he's that kind of player yeah and 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 they're kind of that kind of team not not like putting them down but like um like for some reason maybe because they're both 
black and gold. Um, they, they just kind of remind me of Purdue having like one really star, star player, you know. But, I mean, admittedly, I don't know all that much about Mizzou. Um, so that's the one that I just have absolutely no confidence in my own pick. They could very well be third in the, in the East and, and, um, and I just look like an idiot, but, um, um you, know, you know, what's crazy. And I feel like people say this about Mizzou every year, but it's, it's feasible that they could be undefeated whenever we play them. Oh, really? Cause they're, they're big, like out of, uh, like out of conference game is Boston College. Who's good? I think Boston College is a is a decent team, but um, if they can get by them, they have to get by Kentucky early on, um, and then Tennessee. Oh, that's right. They sure would. Yeah, but, Central Michigan, Kentucky, Southeast Missouri, Boston College, Tennessee, North Texas. I don't know. The Mean Green might chew them up and spit them out. You never know. That yeah, that's a. I, I'm not real confident on Tennessee. Um, so I don't really – even though I put Tennessee and Kentucky both higher than Mizzou, they're by far and away, in my opinion, their hardest game before they play us is Kentucky, and that's a very winnable game. Yeah. Especially especially if Mizzou – Mizzou is a very – I hate to even say this. This is going to make a lot of people that listen to this podcast mad, but they're similar to A&M in that – they're perpetually pretty good. You know, like they're never like great. Um, not saying that's how we are anymore because I don't <laughs> think we're great now. But if you look over the history of the time, you know, that that, that you've been an AM fan, you can see that. And Mizzou's kind of like the quiet version of that. Like you never hear people talk about Mizzou. But if you ever watch their games, like they always end up being, you know, eight and four, nine and three at times, you know, like they always have put together a pretty decent season most of the time. I'm not saying every season because last year they went, what, five and five. So um, most of the time they're they're like a quietly pretty good team. Um, whereas we a lot of times like to be like, well, we just come out of the gate a lot hotter, or at least we have in the past. Um but I think I think in 2012, whenever we both joined the SEC, didn't they have the same um, record we did at the end of the year? They were actually really bad that first year, but the next two they won the East. I thought I thought both them and us like came out like I thought I thought we, I thought they had a very similar year. I, it's been they they enough. sucked. I, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've slept since then, so yeah. I don't remember. I think like they had a bunch of injuries that year, and they came back and they were all healthy the next year, and uh, uh, they won the East. That they beat A and M when we had Johnny, and then uh, I think yeah, they went back to back East titles. But yeah, they they went five and seven. So I am an idiot, um, <laughs> but you know, I, uh, my memory did not help me there. I for some reason I thought that I don't know. Um, I've got so one negative. That just, yeah, go ahead. I've got one negative about Mizzou. I feel like they usually have that, like some kind of star defensive lineman. Like they've just pumped out draft pick after draft pick on the defensive line. I don't think they have that on the on this on this current team. Um, that's kind of fallen off after after Pinkle left a while back. But um, yeah, like and the, the defense as a whole isn't great. But 
Uh, there's definitely no, you know, Sheldon Richardson, Coney Ely, uh, Michael Sam type player on their defense this year. I, I'm looking at their their roster on the D line. They look very empty. Yeah. Like like even more so not not just in terms of the um not just in terms of the like star caliber players like right now if 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 247 has updated this then hold on did I have this wrong there's they're only show, right now on 247 they're they're showing on their roster that they have two edge rushers six D linemen and 11 linebackers so you remember how they did that weird thing that I'm like I think they put Alabama, a lot of Alabama's edge guys on as oh linebackers. yeah outside linebackers. Uh, but even if they did that on this, yeah, like that's that's still. I mean, heck, if you had 18 guys, if all of their linebackers were were D linemen, you'd only have 18 of them. So I I don't know they look they just look really really empty at that position. Um. Well, their defense wasn't good last year. Um, Arkansas, even though they beat Arkansas, just went up and down the field on them. Uh, obviously, Georgia ran all over them. Uh, Mississippi State put up points on them and actually beat them. I thought that was strange that Mississippi State was so bad in the middle of the year and then turned around and beat Mizzou at the, at the end of the year. But uh-huh. um, let's uh, let's talk Kentucky real quick. Um, okay. I know we both like them. Uh, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but they – I don't want to talk bad about their pre- their previous quarterback, uh, Terry Wilson, but he was just never going to be a great passer. They're just a great thrower of the football. So um, mm-hmm. he's graduated and moved on. Uh, they bring in uh, Joey Gatewood from Auburn. Um, Auburn transfers uh, work out for some people and don't work out for others. But uh, I think he's he's a decent passer. Um I know they've got some other guys, so I'm not sure who's going to be the starting quarterback there. But they've got a good running back. They have a good offensive line. I expect they'll still run the ball quite a bit, but uh, definitely try to go more more vertical than they have in the past. And then, um, I mean, Stoops is he's he's a defensive guy, right? So um, he's always going to have a, a physical defense, and uh, I expect we'll see more of what we've seen from them under Mark Stoops. Uh, quick quick note about his contract. Uh, and you may not know this, Chase, but I I recently learned this. Um, in Mark Stoops' contract, it is written in there where if he wins seven games in a season, including the bowl game, he automatically gets extended for one more year. Like it just adds actually, it on. Actually, I did know that. It adds it on I to the end. I did know that, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it, I like that. I, I very much like that. It may be the it may be the best contract in 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 college football for a coach. Like, sure, and 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 you have consistency. You have you have uh, the ability to to coach and and not feel like you're sitting above a fire the entire time. Yeah, um, it's the same idea that that the reason I liked Jimbo's contract that we talked about in one of the very first episodes uh, that that consistency and that job security, you don't get job security in, in the coaching world anymore. No. Um, and, and in my opinion, that's a bad, bad thing. Um, but yeah, I, I 
I really like that. Now, if if A and M had had that same contract, it might be a, di- a little bit different. Um, but if you look at Kentucky's history and what they're trying to achieve, uh, yeah, that's a good contract. That that's that's a really really sweet deal for them because will they ever win a national championship? I don't I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it. But yeah, I mean a ten and two season. 10 and 2 season would be awesome. Well, yeah, they you won know? the Fiesta Bowl and, a couple years ago. Yeah, and and that's, that's a great that's year. like and and look at how look at how that's changed the perception of Kentucky football across the nation. You know, here we are talking about them as if they're this this really good team, you know, that that um that would be salty to play, you know, yeah. and and um we wouldn't have had the same conversation 5 years ago. Well, in in Jimbo's first year like like Kentucky was, was like one our like one of our big our biggest home games, and people were like, yeah. "You guys are getting excited for Kentucky." I was like, "They're ranked higher than we are." <laughs> right, that's, like, a, that's, a, that that's was, a good football team. That was a great football team, and and we wouldn't have said that you know in years prior because they weren't a good football team. You yeah. know they they didn't have the ability to win seven games. You know, like. Yeah. Um, I was listening so, to uh, t- to Bud Elliott over the weekend on the uh, Cover Three podcast. Shout out to them, um, and, and I think he's he put it really well. Where a lot of teams like Arkansas and South Carolina don't have the resources of the bigger programs in the SEC, but they expect to win at that level. Like Arkansas yeah. thinks they should compete for a national title, and it's just not very realistic. But Kentucky. They know what they are. They're like, hey, this is a basketball school. We like football. We want to be okay at it. And we have a decent coach, which we're going to keep him around and keep going to bowl games. And uh, as long as he goes to bowl games and beats Louisville, then we'll keep him around. And that's that's okay. Like, you don't you don't have to win the championship yeah. or, or try to win a, a championship all the time. Like, you can just be a really good program. And that's that's okay for, for most programs in college football. <laughs> I mean, there's only a select few that are going to be in contention, you know. Yeah, and that that's um there's a lot of people who are really into sports that hate that idea. Um but in, as as sports fans, we kind of perpetuate that idea of that oh, we're we got if you're not going for the championship, then what's the point of even playing? Um but yeah, I mean, it, there's just teams that won't ever be there because they don't have the resources for it and uh, you know don't don't try to put your don't treat yourself like you're Alabama otherwise you make you make yourself a little bit of a laughing stock I mean people laugh at A&M all the time it I understand it because I I look at look at it that way for other teams um that I I think won't ever get there and and people there's plenty of people around the country that would probably think A&M could never get there that being said, I don't think that they realize the amount of resources A and M has. Yeah, but um, you know, there there's teams whose resources I know what they have, and I'm like, yeah, what, what are you talking about? Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to act like you're you're the next big thing when you know, like, y'all don't even have a locker room built. You know, like <laughs> you need to get something done. You, you got you got wooden lockers. You know yeah. what? What are you talking about? You're gonna you're, like. I, I jokingly called uh, Vanderbilt the YMCA of the SEC. Uh, their locker, or at least 
well, most of the away locker rooms kind of looked like this anyways, but um, their locker rooms weren't, weren't all that fancy. Their away locker room literally looked like a YMCA locker room. Yeah. Know? Um, but, but I mean, that's what resources, I'm not saying Vanderbilt doesn't have resources because they do, but they, they allocate them differently. You know, they're, they're, they're more about education and stuff like that. And so more power to them. But, um, Kentucky, I think, I think they know who they are. Yeah. And, and that's kind of a funny thing to say about sports. Uh, but, but they have their identity and they're not trying to be somebody they're not. And you don't see that very much in sports, just overall, not just football, but like basketball too, and baseball and all that. Like Kentucky, Kentucky kind of, honestly, they, they kind of remind me of what, what college sports used to be maybe in the 80s and 90s, you know, maybe even before that 70s and 60s when when it was truly you were playing for your college, you know. Yeah. And, and I think I think Kentucky does a good good – has a good way of setting it up to be a good college experience for the kids that are there, um, for them to love their school. And, and that's cool. I I'm all about that. Yeah. But I don't ever think that they're going to win a national championship in football. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, and they're okay with that. But, um, you know, the, the idea of, of saying anything else about Tennessee just exhausts me. I, uh, that whole program is just chaos and, uh, I agree. I've said what I want to say. If they're this year's Ole Miss, that's a win for them. That's if they can score some points, even if they lose, that's a step in the right direction. Their their best bet is to be a wild card. Yes, just just muck it up. Just 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 get in there and just win. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's their best bet. Um, I I don't know. I don't want to talk about Tennessee either because yeah. it's just there's just I'm just gonna keep saying the same things over and over again about them having a lot of players leave, them having just so much turnover at coach, and it just there's too many things up in the air to even even discuss them honestly. Yeah. Um, well, you heard it here first. Tennessee is going nine and three this year. They might. <laughs> their best bets would be a wild card. I mean, they, I mean their their schedule's pretty good. I mean, if you look at their their schedule, um, oh, never mind. They have Alabama. Uh, it's actually, bad. It's bad. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna earmark. <laughs> so, uh, you said something about them being the the Ole Miss of, of this year's. Oh show? no, they play Ole Miss. Um, they play Ole Miss. You are kidding me. <laughs> no, the week before they play Alabama. So, um, I'm going to earmark that. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a bit what we want to do. I'm just going to throw this out there so that we have to hold our feet to the fire and actually do it. But um, at some point before the season, we're going to go through the schedule and we're going to identify our, like, games that we're most excited about going into the season than like as it comes up because I could very well see Tennessee Ole Miss being like not a fun game to watch at all whenever we actually get to that point. But right now it seems like it would be really fun to see it may be like teams play. Sixty three to fifty nine. You know, just something absurd. It could be. Um, um well yeah, I think that I think it's that's good on the East on the the lesser 
the vision. The, the dark side of the moon. Yeah. Any Georgia fans that are mad at Chase for picking Florida, you can send your uh, your hate mail to Chase Caldwell at AggieNetwork.com. Um, we're talking <laughs> we're talking linebackers and defensive backs uh, tomorrow, so we will talk to you then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>